Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. If you're just waking up, just know that Kevin Durant got traded last night. He's a Phoenix yeah. son. Yeah. That's, so, Seth, I was telling you this before the show. I go to bed last night, I don't know, like around 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and at that point, the Russell Westbrook trade. Oh, by the way, he got traded as well last night. Um, yep. The finishing touches on a three-way trade between Utah, the Lakers, and Minnesota – the, they were putting the finishing touches on that deal to send Russ to his fifth team in five years. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll dissect this when I wake up in the morning. And I come in and I turn on Sports Center in, in our studio here, as I always do. And very first thing SVP says on there is, big blockbuster as you were sleeping last night. I'm like, yeah, I know, the Russell Westbrook trade. And they throw Kevin Durant's mug up on the screen. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. And Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant goes to the Phoenix Suns for three players – and four, four first-round picks and a first-round pick. So they throw these first-round picks around like they're just a slush fund, man. There's zero respect for players coming into the league these days. Like, hey, here's four yeah. of them. Go ahead. Well, especially because this is the thing. I mean, the Texans succumbed to this a couple of years ago. Everybody assumes that their first-round picks are going to be low first-round picks. You yeah. know, after we, hey, yeah, after we do all the awesome things we're going to do, these picks mean nothing to us. And that's what uh, Rockets fans would say for a long, long time. Remember? Well, our first round. What? <laughs> we don't need our first-round picks. Um, but all good things come to an end. Yeah. The, the funny thing about the Brooklyn Nets was that people could see this coming from. 178 miles away. It was it was destined to end this way. Yep. That's why that's why so many of us were like the counting I was counting my chickens before they were hatched when it came to okay, these Brooklyn picks are going to be worth something because the Texans own pretty much the next 5 drafts of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And um after the James Harden trade and and a lot of people thought well these Nets these Nets picks are they're, they're going to be worthless. They're just going to be low first round picks. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't expect Kyrie Irving, a known malcontent, no matter what the situation is. Kyrie, is there a nice thing that could happen to Kyrie Irving that he wouldn't somehow figure out a way to, to turn it back? No, no. Or, no, he's going to be miserable no matter what. Yep. He's going to – Kyrie Irving, you, know, you remember he went through his little Native American phase a couple off-seasons ago? I've lost you know track of all his phases, that. yeah. I'm, I'm sure he went and he wanted to go live – he went to try to go, go – native for a little while and live with some tribe in the Canadian Rockies. And after two weeks, he probably had had it up to here with all of their hypocrisy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whatever it was. He didn't, he thought the he thought the chief was in it for the money and nothing yeah. else or something. He had all kinds of conspiracies. So they're, uh, they're a mess. Phoenix is going to be awesome. They're the favorites now. And yet 
I, I get so much joy out of being able to not give a damn. I see all these other teams ha- wringing their hands about uh, how strong Phoenix is now. I don't care. Yeah. That means nothing to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're Well, we're at the bottom of the barrel on this end of things. The Rockets gave one away last night against Sacramento. They let Sacramento score the last seven points of the game. They turned it over a couple times in the last waning seconds. They fouled De'Aaron Fox on a three-pointer with no time left to lose the game. And, eh, okay. Victor Wimbayana, baby. Listen, when you throw an all-star uh, D-League team out there, then uh, this is a, that, that, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, once the Astros or once the Rockets are elevated out of the D-League, I'll, uh, I'll, start, I'll start worrying about embarrassing losses. Right now, it's not even embarrassing. It's like when uh, the college kids, back in the day, when the college kids ha- used, to have to, uh, used to have to play against the professional Soviet hockey players. Yeah, yeah. Just every now and then you get an awesome upset, but other than that, don't worry about it. We, we get some things, you and I, get some things right on this show, and we get some things wrong, obviously. Um, Mostly we, you. We, yeah. were, we, were spot, we were spot on with the Brooklyn thing. Like, and, yeah. and I think there was, a, there was probably some skepticism out there. I know. Hey, Ben, Ben, how, a quick question. How far back does our uh, logger go that keeps uh, archives all the shows and stuff? Uh, about a month. Vault. Huh? What? About a month. A month? Can That's we not it? afford storage of audio? Yeah, what the I hell? I got more memory on my Facebook that I haven't used in 20 years. Yeah, ago. yeah. They can just store it on my Google Drive. How about that? Um, because the day that Harden got traded to Brooklyn to put together their big three, because Kyrie and KD were already there, um, I know that that we were saying this is never going to work. These are the three most emo players in the league, and sure enough, all three emo guys went emo. They all requested trades within yeah. a year. They all requested trades. They ended up playing sixteen games together. Sixteen. Sixteen. Sixteen games together. That's 16? it. That's it. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. That's disappointing. That's like taking. It's like when you go on a beach vacation and it rains every day. Yes. That's tough, man. You're just sitting there thinking about like I spent several thousand dollars on this beach vacation, right? So we could sit inside and watch Netflix. Cool hotel room, bro. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like wow. Yeah, I can sit inside and watch it Netflix on a TV that's worse than my TV at home. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yippee. <laughs> so the, the 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 principles in the trade for Durant, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, who. They didn't want it. That's that was the big tipping point, I guess, in this trade. From what I was reading, is they they were not going to do this trade unless Bridges was part of the deal. Jay Crowder, and then the four first round picks: 23, 2023, 25, 27, and twenty nine first round picks. And there's a pick swap in there somewhere. Twenty twenty eight pick swap. The other trade is Russell Westbrook. Okay, this is what Russell Westbrook's this is what Russell Westbrook's dance card has looked like since he signed the biggest contract extension in the history of the league in twenty seventeen. Five years, $205 million. That was the biggest contract in NBA history at the time. And since then, year one, he pl- actually played for the Thunder uh, on that contract. Uh, that was the year after he won the MVP. Year two, traded to the Rockets. Year three, traded to the Wizards. I forgot about the Wizards. Year four, traded to the Lakers. <laughs> and now year five, after reportedly getting into an argument with his head coach the night that LeBron broke the scoring record, uh, traded to the Utah Jazz. So Russell Westbrook is headed the, to Utah. Uh, what was the spark of the argument? 
Was it over just rest? Suck, I, rest yeah, I, I didn't general, see it. Right? I was hoping to find that out. I clicked, The headline got me hooked. I'm like, ooh, Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook got into it. And it ended up being like a four-paragraph article. There wasn't much in there. They yelled at each other, and then they kissed and made up by the end of the night. And I was like, well, that's not very salacious. But uh, think about, he's up and honestly, out of there now. When you start thinking about how quickly things can change in sports and how like things that just seem like they're permanent and will be a certain way forever – I think the bottom three teams, bottom four teams in the West right now, Thunder, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, the Lakers have had their ups and downs over the last, so that's not as big a surprise. I mean, I suppose. But they have LeBron. Yeah, I know, but he's 38 years old, too. Like you you would have. I I know he's, I know, I know. You're right. Davis is the biggest, the bigger weird conundrum there, you know? It is still, I guess. This isn't how you thought it would look, but if you told me four years ago, hey, LeBron will be 38 and they'll have, a, they'll have another couple star yeah. names on there, I, I still wouldn't be super surprised if it wasn't working out well. Yep. Just because also with that, but we could already see a few years ago that LeBron might be a little too in love with names and days oh, yeah. of yore. You know, <laughs> and just yeah. wanting to, he's got a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers Dude, syndrome. You took the words you know? right out of my mouth. Absolutely, he does. These guys, when they want to start playing GM like Aaron Rodgers apparently does, they get too sentimental. The, the the absolute worst thing you can have in a general manager, yep. which is nostalgia and sentimentality, because you start making you start making things ba- decisions based on feelings instead of like cold hard facts, yeah. and, and that's what you get. Uh, oh, text message trail, uh, trailer wheel and frame text page. Yeah, give it to me early. There we go. Six one six zero. That's what it was. Russ didn't leave the floor fast enough after he got subbed out of the game. He was oh, just kind of oh, okay. strolling Thanks, off the floor. Guys. That's what it was. Appreciate you looking out, text page. Thank you. Well, there's so much to keep track of. Uh, Don Doncic Don, Don, Don said that um, uh, Kyrie was just amazing in his first. He was. He was good last this. night. I watched That's the highlights. The first game they've yeah. won without Doncic, and um, it's uh, it's so you know it's a hey. And Kyrie started off his press conference by saying, "Hey, can we talk about the team here, fellas?" Oh yeah, so, dude, he was on his best you know, behavior in the press conference. I watched that. So you know, after twelve hours, I yeah. think it's pretty obvious he's committed to changing. His he's ways. changed. Yeah, he's completely yeah. changed. He's a different guy now. <sighs> All right. I wonder how he's probably going to be uh, super cool here um, in Texas because we don't. I, I think we, we, we're probably in some ways we lean a little bit more towards his way of thinking. Um, Including, like, you know, getting rid of books in schools as much as possible and all this <laughs> right. other stuff. Right. He knows that YouTube is a better way to go. Of course. Um, but, I, yeah, we have this curious mix of, like, being super cool and relaxed on, like, yeah, do whatever you want in some areas. But then in other areas, like, hell no. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that thing that every other 40, all other 49 Yes, like, so, s- like sports betting. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be curious to see exactly what Kyrie chooses to rebel against. It'll be something you know? that we know. It'll, it'll for I sure. I feel like he's going he's gonna to show up. Um, he's going to show up with a couple of, uh, a couple of firearms open, uh, open carrying at some place yet. Well, railing against something else yes. that, yeah. uh, that'll be, so he'll have everybody hating him from both sides of the aisle. That's what he does. Soon. That's yeah. his thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Uh, Roger Goodell met with the, uh, met with the media yesterday, kind of the state of the union for the NFL. He does it every year on Super Bowl week. The big topic, the very first thing Seth and I brought up yesterday that we thought he would talk about officiating, is Roger Goodell just trolling everybody right now? What do you hear what he had to say about officiating in the NFL? We'll do that next. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Roger Goodell met with the media yesterday. Officiating has been a big topic, a big topic Uh. for really the last few years. Um, You know, there a couple years ago, uh, I think 2019 was a year there was that controversial non-pass interference call in the NFC title game. So they changed the rules so you could challenge pass interference and then that it, turned out to be a huge failure, so they, they've been tweaking some things through the years here. It is a big point. As we kind of bash on Sean Payton, mostly for fun, but uh, we get a lot of people sticking up for Sean Payton, and they do point out that, look, he should have gone to at least another Super Bowl. True. Um, yeah. Recently, Because the officials yeah. screwed him over. <laughs> they, yeah. they should have won that game. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, so Goodell got up, and I, I, I will say, Sean, I don't know what's to be done about the uh, – the conversation with officiating because this is going on at all levels. I, one of the, there's two big things. One is high definition television and or high definition video on the number two issue, which is uh, phones, social media. Yep. Every, there's video everywhere. Yeah, let's get to what Goodell said here. The, there was one line, and you'll know what it is as soon as you hear it. That everybody picked out and used in the headline. But do we agree with Goodell's overall sentiment here? about officiating i think for us when you look at officiating i don't think it's ever been better in the league there are over forty-two thousand plays in a season multiple infractions could occur on any play take that out and extrapolate that that's hundreds if not millions of, of, of potential fouls and our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those are there mistakes in the context of that yes they are not perfect and officiating never will but we've also had, obviously, replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. All right, so that, that's Roger Goodell. Um, so I, I feel like, um, I don't know, the way he framed that, it, if, if I were extremely angry over officiating, I don't know if, like, saying, hey, there's a bunch of stuff that could be called, and we try to get most of it. I don't yeah. know if that uh, necessarily does it for me. Yeah. My uh, my issue with officials is when they make themselves part of the game. When they, you know, I thought in, I, that Mahomes 
out-of-bounds, the shove-out-of-bounds call that set up the game-winning field goal kind of bordered on that for me. Um, that decided the game. Um, it's when officials, and I can't remember which game it happened in, but there was an official that went up to, oh, it was a, it was a Chargers game because it was Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa was arguing something, and the referee went and sought out, like Joey Bosa's arguing, he's walking off the field, and the official runs over to him to start talking to him again. Joey Bosa says something, then he throws a flag. Like You feel like he entrapped him. You're egging him yeah. on, yeah, yeah. So like that's he went after him when he was angry and knew that he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's my issue with officials. Like I get it, they're gonna get stuff wrong. My my other issue beyond that is I just think some of the rules are stupid. Like I, I think pass interference is way too punitive in the NFL. That you can get a sixty yeah. yard penalty like is silly You're to make me. it more like college. Yes. And also well right, and the fact that they just have a the sheer number of things that they have to pay attention to now right including the 29 different ways you can rough the quarterback mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it it's I, I think that some of it's gotten better Sean because of the they've gotten pretty proactive about the booth calling down and be like hey yes. by the way just like hey which that's I don't know been huge yeah yeah and that, that's not something that people necessarily notice because I right. think especially when you're watching on TV, there might be a flag that gets picked up, but Tony Romo is rambling on about some stupid thing, so they don't even notice it. You notice, like, R- Romo hardly ever even notices that an official is about to make an announcement. So um, I, I, think that, I think that part has gotten better. But, yeah, part of it is just that there's too many things. That, they, they've added too many things to their plate with the guys on the field. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and you're right, the, the protection of the quarterback. I, I, like, it's one and, of those and things. Receivers, and receivers. Yeah, yeah, and receivers. Um, but particularly the quarterback stuff where, oh my God, I can't just put a skirt on him. That's a roughing the passer, really? And it's like, yeah, by the rule that it's a stupid rule. You're blaming the officials for what the competition committee has handed them in some cases, you know? Well, or, or some of the, I mean, some of the times where guys, defensive linemen have specifically been trying not to throw the quarterback down. But for whatever reason, the officials decide that that's actually throwing him down. Even as like guys are letting him go, yep. or they're 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 trying not to land on the guy, and somehow that gets interpreted as landing yes. on the quarterback. Yes, that's the stuff that like the eye in the sky should be saying like, oh no 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 guys, like what do you no? That's not that this this ain't it. Yep, um, officiating is what made the headline out. You and I went through kind of what the topics might be with Goodell, and I you nailed it about the Washington stuff. Um, we were trying to figure out, okay, what's the thing Goodell is going to get asked about today that most mirrors um, the soap opera stuff? Like Deshaun last year, he got asked a lot of Deshaun yeah. Watson questions. You brought up Deflategate. That was a good one. He got asked, you know, the, the soap opera stuff. Washington, the Daniel Snyder situation is probably the closest thing that's on the stove right now with that, and you nailed it. Like, and, there was questions nobody, about it, but nothing made a headline with that. Nobody cares, right? Yeah. I think it's, um, it feels like, billionaire problems amongst billionaires yeah it, it feels like oh oh no jerry jones feels he's been wrong or jim ursay feels he's been wrong screw those guys right. nobody cares okay yeah. you guys figure this out for yourselves you're yeah. big boys and ladies just uh just quit quit bringing your trash into my living room this was something that i thought <laughs> i saw the quotes about this um the next year is the first year that you can flex schedule games into monday night we thought we've That's had good. it for years where you can flex schedule, you can flip Sunday games around to move yeah. one. You know, they got to give them a couple weeks' notice, but you can move games to late they'll, Sunday. They'll probably have to do it for at least three Texans games. At least, yeah. Now yes. that D'Amico's here, a hundred percent. They can flex games into Monday night starting next year, which ESPN, I'm sure, is very very happy about. Goodell got asked about flexing games to Thursday nights, and. Uh. <laughs> he basically said that could be coming down the pipe, and I'm like, I cannot wait to see the first teams 
that get flexed into a Thursday night game bitch about getting flexed into a Thursday night game. <laughs> what is it about? You know what? I haven't checked in on this in a while because there used to be all kinds of stats that showed that Thursday night games actually weren't any worse or sloppier than normal games. And I just, I just can't buy it. I don't believe, believe it. it. There's some, is it just me? Is it because I'm not ready for football yet that I'm not taking it in? Well, it's, they're awful. <laughs> Al Michaels doesn't even deny it. That these, these Thursday night games, the quality of play yeah. on average, just does, these guys do not look or seem ready to play football. Not to mention the guys that, if they were, if they got put in the concussion protocol on Sunday, yes. it's very unlikely that right. they're going to play on Thursday. So you have star quarterbacks and whatnot yep. just not playing in the game. It feels, it feels like a co- every single game feels like a COVID game. Dude. It's kind of like, look, this is what we got. Let's just go for it. You know, uh, Thursday night football sucked the life out of Al Michaels this year. Remember how bad he was yeah. on that Jacksonville comeback playoff game against the Chargers? He yeah, like and well, plus they put him with Tony Dungy that night. They did. Remember? That didn't that help, good. but still, like that was. I mean, if you watch any Thursday night football, that's what Thursday night football had yeah. turned Al Michaels into by the end of the year. Like, yeah, but you would think that doing a playoff game would rejuvenate him especially that you that jaguars crowd i'll give him credit was pretty live yeah you know that was a that was a pretty crazy environment right he got a hot tub out there yeah. nothing nothing yeah. could nothing could revive al michaels at that right point. that's how beaten down he was by thursday night football all year not even that game could could get him engaged again yeah. his cover-up was worse too because he blamed social media wanting wanting everybody to sound basically like a like a European soccer match or yeah. something a goal Stupid. and that's not at all what people were criticizing people weren't criticizing you for not jumping up and screaming and yelling and everything people were criticizing you because you sounded like you had uh, slipped up and, and taken your melatonin too early it was uh, it was bad man it was I, bad I like getting feedback for our show on the trailer wheel and frame text page 4079 Seth's hate for Romo has become a daily occurrence lol <laughs> Yeah, I got to back off on that a little bit. Although, I won't be like one of these pandering other former ex-players that kind of I don't want to criticize Tony Romo for some reason. I don't get it. Also, um, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Somebody had accused me of jealousy when I was criticizing Tony Romo. Back off on that, compadre, because if, for that to be the case, I would have to be critical of every ex-athlete who's making a lot of money doing color commentary, where I am the opposite. I'm very complimentary of the ones who deserve it. Yep. So, uh there's just there's objective proof that it's not jealousy. This is I want you to understand that is 100% true, authentic derision uh, about how bad Tony Romo has become at his job. If yeah. the Texans want Bryce Young, they can get Bryce Young. Which are the teams that we should truly be concerned about when it comes to leapfrogging the Texans and taking the number one pick? I don't think the list is all that long. If you want to know the truth, we'll dive into that next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Quarterback is the position that gets everybody worked up. We know that. D'Amico Ryans knows that as well. Here was D'Amico Ryans last week, a week ago today, at his introductory press conference when asked about the quarterback position with the Texans. We understand we have one quarterback here on our roster, and we have to add more at that position. And we know everybody gets excited about the quarterback. The quarterback is one piece to a team, as I've seen in San Francisco, right, what happens when you don't have that one guy? Is the season over? Are you just booking it? And No. How do you build around, right, build around that quarterback? Yes, we want a great quarterback, but no, we need a great offensive line to protect the quarterback. We need great running backs, great tight ends, great receivers. We need a great defense, special teams. We all play together, and that's the – Awesome part about football is it's not on one guy's shoulder to go out there and win the game for us. So it's all about building around right, each other right, and playing together. That's how we'll win games. Okay, so that was D'Amico. I think when he was saying, we need this, we need this, we need this, he's meaning like a general we. Like every team needs blah, blah, blah. The thing about the Texans is they actually do need all those things right now. They, they <laughs> other need than their, all those. Other right, than their right. left tackle, they don't yeah. have any of those things right now. Well, and it's, it's funny like when you use San Francisco as a model, it's it's tough because it's kind of like using New England as a model. It's saying at the end of the day, what you're saying is, you know what, be really good at a bunch of stuff, um, and then go out and then do that. And I think if San Francisco had had a really good quarterback in any of these last several seasons, a genuinely really good quarterback, they probably would have a couple of Super Bowl championships. So it gets even harder with San Francisco because then you say, okay, well, sure they've built a great team. And yet, 
Uh, if they hadn't spent all of those draft picks trading for quarterbacks, uh, perhaps they trading for and then using them on a quarterback in the case of Trey Lance, you know, perhaps they'd be even that much better to where a Jimmy Gar- a guy the same caliber as Jimmy Garoppolo might have worked and won a championship. Um, but like, if you look at their roster and all of the studs on offense specifically, since that's you know mostly what we're concerned about here, I think like Debo Samuel's a second rounder. Their their offensive line only has one guy that was drafted by the 49ers in the first round. The rest of the guys were either, you know, second round or later, or in the case of Trent Williams, a free agency signing. Yeah. Or trade, that's right. Yep. Um, with very little compensation for the pick. Third right? and a fifth. Horrible. Third yeah, and a fifth, yeah. yeah. Um, He's getting paid yeah. now, though. He's the highest paid in the league, but yes, it was a trade. Yeah, yeah George Kittle was a, a fifth round pick. Yep, yep. You know, Brock Purdy, whatever. McCaffrey would be the one where... McCaffrey would be the one where, okay, you paid a heavy price for him by running back standards, and yet that was uh, the key to the key to really turning them into what they were in the absolutely, and probably the key to making Brock Purdy look as good as he looked. You know, like so that so yes, they've done it. It's a great point. They they just haven't thrown a bunch of first round picks at the problem. Nick Bosa is really the only super high pick on their team that they drafted and they developed and he's their guy. Other than that, they're the they're the gold standard in player development right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. They were a third-rounder and a fifth-rounder. Yep. Um, they've, they've done a, a really good job with player development. Yep. And that's where – I think that's probably what – when we talk about Nick Casario vibing with D'Amico Ryans, I think that was probably something that really appealed to Nick because Nick will always constantly stress, like, hey – it's not just the draft. Yeah. It's multiple areas. It's, you know, it's, it's 20 different areas of player development, the draft, free agency, all these things. Um, and I think that D'Amico feels very much the same way. How worried are you about the Texans getting leapfrogged for the number? Forget about what team it could be. Just in general, what's your worry level that somebody's going to leapfrog the Texans to take – Bryce Young is the guy that most people want right now. What's, what's yeah. your level of fear that the Texans get leapfrogged and they swipe the guy that, that you want, that we all want for the Texans? It's it's more of a fear of – it's like a fear of a narrative more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a fear that – it's a fear that somehow the Colts do just have a lucky horseshoe jammed up their butts and that if they end up being able to get the number one overall pick and take a quarterback it's going to be a guy who's as good as Peyton Manning or potentially Andrew Luck whatever however you want to frame Andrew Luck's career he was a a damn good quarterback and um but as far as like my commitment to either of those guys Bryce Young or CJ Stroud I don't feel overly excited about either of those guys so it's it'd be a wait and see yeah I'd love to I'd love to act like it's going to be the most cataclysmic disaster ever but I just I've got enough reservations about those guys that I could see I could see both of them being really good in the NFL I could both of them see see both of them being disappointments I was talking this through yesterday where I where a lot of my ideas and a lot of my pondering of life happens Seth on the front porch at Lizard's Pub over in yes. uh, over off of Westheimer, I was talking to my buddy nice. Ivan there yesterday, season ticket holder, great dude, and we're kind of talking through this Bryce Young thing. And in talking it through, I'm way less worried now about the Texans getting leapfrogged by anybody other than the Colts, if you want to know the truth, because any any sort of move back for the Bears is going to be a flip-flop of first-round picks. I think this is a draft that has a clear right now Top two non-quarterbacks. The clear top two non-quarterbacks in this draft, as of now, there's still time, are Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, and Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. 
the Bears have already said we're going to roll with Justin Fields. So we know they're probably not taking a quarterback. And it, the, to me, the teams that would be in the market to move up would be the Texans at two, the Colts at four. And then you start to get to maybe Seattle at five, maybe, but they're going to re-sign Geno Smith, um, it looks like. Las Vegas at seven, definitely a candidate to move up. Uh, Carolina at nine, the Jets at 13. Tennessee's talking about wanting to move up there at 11. You're st- once you get to the Las Vegas at seven, eat- once you get to Seattle at five even, if you're Chicago, you're going, okay, we might be falling out of the range where we're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Yeah. I-, I think if you're a Texan fan, what you're hoping for these next few weeks and couple of months is that Jalen Carter and Will Anderson really separate themselves from the pack like they are perceived to be right now. If that were the case, then Chicago might almost view moving back to four as a risk. Because if, let's say, Indy moves up to one from four and they get Bryce Young, if the Texans look at it and go, okay, well, we're not in love with C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, we'll just take Jalen Carter. And then Arizona goes, cool, we'll take Will Anderson. Well, now you're Chicago and you're sitting at four and neither of those guys are there. You know what I mean? You move back to four and now you're probably taking a guy who's a reach at four if those two guys, Carter and Anderson, are as good as everybody thinks they are. So I I am way less scared about teams moving up, and I'm even less scared after talking it through yesterday about the Colts moving up if Chicago falls in love with one of those two defensive players. I would be if they fall in love with them, you gotta be nervous about moving back to even number four in the draft if you're Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I guess the other thing is, okay, what strategy do the Texans take this year where I it, people are starting to wring their hands a little bit about the fact that they haven't hired an offensive or defensive coordinator yet. There have been more, at least openly, publicly interviews with defensive guys as of late than offensive guys. That's true. I, you know, I just, I, I think that um, perhaps Slowick is the guy and they're just taking their time administratively with it or working through contract details or something. The, the fact that there hasn't been any chatter at all just makes me feel like that might be the case. And uh, so I'm not as concerned about that. I do wonder what, like, if the Bears, if the Bears, excuse me, if the Texans followed the same strategy the Bears did when Lovey Smith was their new head coach, defensive-minded guy comes in, they draft two defensive tackles first, Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson, um, before they end up taking a wide receiver in the third. It was Lovey's first, Lovey's first year was 2004, right? 2004, yep, sure was. Yeah. Um, and they ended up making some turnarounds pretty rapidly in those first two years on defense, and yet they never got around to actually getting a worthwhile offense while Lovey Smith was yeah, they there. Yeah, ro- they were rolling people- with Rex Grossman that whole time. Yeah, so if the, if the Texans stock up on defense and, and they end up having a good defense this year, a credible defense, maybe they win some games, and yet offensively they're just still kind of lackluster and boring – What's the trust level going to be in D'Amico Ryan's going into 2024? Do you think um, people are going to be is – it, is it going to be a lot of just like, all right, that's cool and all, but we figured you could probably do this. It's the offense and the quarterback that we want to see. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I, I think, honestly, well, do, look, D'Amico's going to have more rope than any other head, first-year head coach would, so let's start there. He's, he's yeah. going to – if it were Jonathan Gannon doing this, there would be a degree of – angst over that so I think D'Amico is gonna he'll have a soft landing on stuff like that honestly if they win eight or nine games Seth I think people will be happy they're winning games again it's been so bad these last yeah. few years I think it'd be okay if they won eight, 
You know what? You're right. The eight or nine games, I think there will still be skepticism over like, okay, yeah, but you can't. we can't turn into the Bears that could have been a great team but just never developed an offense. We can't rely on Kyle Orton to be our hero. If they draft the equivalent of Kyle Orton in 2024, people are really going to start freaking out. Here's what's changed. Here's what's changed the last few years, and we saw, we saw two Super Bowl champions recently do this, is that you had teams, Tampa Bay in 2020, Los Angeles, the Rams in 2021, that had built good enough rosters that veteran quarterbacks on flailing teams were willing to go there. Tom Brady in free agency to the Bucks, Matthew Stafford in a trade to the Rams. That's a market that didn't really exist until like four or five years ago to where to where the veteran Pro Bowl caliber quarterback looking to latch onto a team towards the end of his career that could win a Super Bowl. That dynamic wasn't really there in the NFL four or five years ago. It's a much more fluid market these days to go actually get a good quarterback. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, some people would say you're going to go win eight or nine games and you're going to play yourself right out of the range of the draft where you can go get your future quarterback, which is a bit of a myth, as you and I have pointed out. But that's what people will be saying. But this new market with veteran quarterbacks going to teams that are a quarterback away that's an yeah. avenue, you know, and, and I think a year ago people would have said, Who's, who the hell is ever going to want to go to the Texans? I think D'Amico Ryans changes that calculus on the perception yeah. of this franchise moving forward. Yeah, I think you're, that's a big point, and I think that's a victory that you get right now that perhaps, like, um, Sean, I know you saw this uh, very heartfelt and emotional open letter that Trevor Lawrence wrote to the people of Jacksonville yeah. in the Players' I Tribune. liked it so much I um, printed it. He said... Uh, he said, one of the things I remember from last season is thinking, how will we ever get guys to want to come here, stay here, or even come here? It's only a year ago that I was worried about that. And now what I hear is guys talking about how this is a family. I hear guys talking like they know this is one of the best organizations in football and they wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Like we're building something here for the long haul. And stuff like that, man, it feels good. Makes me feel really proud to be a Jaguar. So... I, I do think, like, look, one playoff appearance does a lot for a team. Trevor Lawrence being your quarterback helps a lot, obviously. And, I, yeah, I think that, I think that there, the Texans' narrative in terms of luring free agents or retaining players has flipped way more quickly than I think we probably thought it would. Yeah. Part of that, too, is the fact that Laramie Tunsil might be one of your biggest barkers, like, in terms of... He's like a news, uh, like one of those uh, like old time newsboys out on the corner, uh, waving the paper, telling everybody the to to, to to breaking news that the Texans are a destination. It's a cool place to be now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you He's read got one of those stupid little hats on and everything? <laughs> hey, extra, yeah, suspenders, extra. suspenders. <laughs> read all about it. <laughs> hey, have you heard? The Texans are a good football team. Extra, extra. Um, did you read that What's entire? Mister can't afford a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, Did you read this entire Trevor Lawrence letter to Jacksonville? I read the whole thing. I skimmed the whole thing. Yeah, I read I it. I, I don't I, mean to brag, but I, I skimmed it. No, yeah, no, I, I I I work a little slower. I actually read the whole thing. I, I, can I ask you something about you? You played it's in a, Jacksonville for five years, so yeah. he says this at the end of the letter. He says so, Duval. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking with us, for believing in us. We couldn't have done it without you. That playoff win, that feeling, I want that forever. I promise it was just the beginning, and I promise that where these last two teams are going, Eagles and the Chiefs, that's where we're planning on going. Then he says, last sentence of the letter, it was always the Jags. Signed, Trevor. Yeah, is, I don't is know that what that a, means. Is, is that, that's not a – okay, so there's not some saying Jacksonville has where it was always the Jags. Like, what, what does that no, mean? No, it feels like it's Certainly with the not. movie or 
Yeah, it was like it was. Isn't that like the last line of a movie or something? It was you. It was always you. It you like it, does that? Is it, did he say something at the beginning that that's referring back to? Because these are these are ghost written by professional writers. Um, on the oh, bite uh, the, your the tongue, the man. The man just so he's, for, he's penning honey here. He's, he's it's unbelievable. For, for, for him to finish it that way, I'm guessing it's a callback to something earlier in the article, the okay. way uh, one of these professional okay. writers, one of these English lit yeah, would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. It was always yeah. the Jags. Not, I mean, this letter reads like the end of a rom-com. It was like, a, you know, like a, it was like Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson climbing on a motorcycle together at the end of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, it was always the Jags, you know, and then they speed off over some bridge on a motorcycle. To you. Trevor yeah. Lawrence and Doug Peterson hopping on a motorcycle with each other. You know, there was uh, there was a Hallmark Channel movie called "It Was Always You." Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, this is this weird. Guy, then this, this is guy super weird. The, this guy writing for the Players Tribune probably pretty much plagiarized this whole thing off yes. of some Hallmark movie. Slapped Trevor Lawrence and his Honestly. stupid golden yeah. locks in there, and dude. Yeah. Between this and the flowing locks, I don't know, man, Trevor. This ain't a great look. It was always this sounds the Jags. a lot like the Jaguars. Actually, this is um, this is. Uh, so let's see, Tyler, Tyler Hines. What are you What are you looking at? The cast Aaron of that movie. Aaron Krakow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a typical Hallmark movie, but with a twist. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like the Jags. You're right. Yeah. The There's twist. A lot of things to love about this movie, in addition to the chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor talks about that a lot in this letter. The chemistry with him and Peterson. The chemistry with him and his teammates. He talked about going to Christian Kirk's house after the Detroit loss. Him and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones were there just looking at each other in shock about how crappy they were that day. And that, Seth, was a turning point for the football team. They went to Waffle House. What do we have? Uh, I mean, we have Waffle Houses in Houston, but where where should our guys go? I guess House of Pies maybe would be the one if you want to localize it a little House bit more. House of Pies. After a playoff game, after a playoff victory or making the playoffs, we need our guys to, to, to take some of the guys who have never been to House of Pies out to House Velvet of Pies. Velvet Taco? That's where you oh, and yeah. I went one day. Yeah, Seth and I went there one time. A bunch of us went out to dinner, and then Seth and I went to Velvet Taco afterwards. The problem with Velvet Taco is that that's a little bit more uh, high rent than it, it, yeah. If you're you're trying to find a Waffle House equivalent, you know, with, with the you're, yeah, you're trying to find where the where the average fan hangs out all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, you're right, you're right. But the tacos are really, really good. No, they're really good. But yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, the, the, you're just edging back up towards like, hey, where should a bunch of rich people go to celebrate something? Yeah, no, you're you right. Know? Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. I've been exposed again. Where yesterday. You're been, I'll tell you what, Sean. We got to get you. You know what? You need this right. trip to Guatemala, not for the darkness retreat like Aaron Rodgers is going to do. For the poverty? But just, no, you, yeah, you need to go down and live like a real person for a while. I know. You were, a, you were aghast the other day that more people didn't have iPhones than they do. Um, you, um, uh, yeah, we need to go, you need to go down bro, and work as a busboy at some uh, touristy, rest, uh, touristy hotel in Guatemala. tried to steal my truck out of our garage. Okay? <laughs> I'm basically living in Thunderdome right now. <laughs> my truck is in the shop because my anti-theft thing kicked in on it. So the good folks at West Point Buick GMC are fixing it right now. Sean lives in a post-apocalyptic nightmare. I of do. A scenario. There's zombies walking around. The thieves in our parking lot. It's just uh, yes. Some days the con- some days there's only one concierge on duty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Take the truck. <laughs> where should they go? Where should these guys go? Where it's more you know blue collar. Ruth's Chris, I guess. I yeah. don't know. It's a chain steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> 
Chains. Is that where poor people go? Do they eat at Ruth's Chris? I don't know. I don't know because I, I don't I go there. Know. Yeah. I just have, I have everything catered in these days. I don't, I don't yeah. go there. Yeah, I don't go there. So take the mints from uh, Vic and Anthony's and pop them in my mouth. Right? Yeah, such a jerk. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a uh, on a on a Thursday. Let me point out too. That's I what point, the working folks call it. This 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 segment started out with me pointing out that I came up with these ideas while sitting at the deck of a dive bar yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I, I want to point that out. I'm easily I feel found. like that's a pricey piece of real estate, right? It there is a pricey piece bar. of real estate, but it's not reflected in the drink prices, I will tell yeah. you that. Um hey, we are um we're gonna be at Twin Peaks. That's a good place, I would say. Um this afternoon. The drive is gonna be there from two to six, and then me and John McClain are gonna join them for a round table for the big game from five to six. Um reliving some of the best big game memories. John McClain's got that department uh, loaded up. And we'll answer all your biggest football questions. It's going to be very interactive. We'll have autographed Texans gear to give away during the show. A signed Brandon Cook's ball. That'll be interesting. A signed Derek Stingley Jr. helmet. Now, that's good stuff right there. Uh, come be part of the roundtable and party with us. 5-6, to six, Twin Peaks, Kirby, and 59 today. Um, up next, uh, if the Texans are looking to carve out some space to go make some moves, who are the most likely... Um, casualties in a cap cut. We'll do the offensive side of the ball. We'll talk about that next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 